0: Yes, thank you, sir. Ah, goodness. Happy Father's Day to everyone who is... (laughs) Happy Father's Day to everyone who is a father or who hopes to be. I am a father of a two-year-old wire fox terrier dog. And he is with his sitter today. And he will be very happy to see, first of all, his mother this evening, and second of all, me. Last week we began talking a little bit about the growth of the church. We said that the growth we should not be asking how do we grow, but what keeps us from growing. If a child is born and they never increase in height or girth, something is wrong. You don't ask, how do I get my child to grow? Uh, My mom and dad um, went to my uh, pediatrician uh, and said, Doctor, what is going on here? Most babies, a jar or two jars of baby food, and they're satisfied, and he is four and six. And the doctor said, Well, give him credit for knowing when he's full. And I still battle that tendency to this day. But obviously I made it to, you know, five ten and a half, five eleven, and two hundred and plenty pounds. But we're here today and we're healthy and we're thanking God for that. So we want to look objectively at the church and see what might be wrong with me, what might be keeping us corporately from growing. We began in Genesis, the first chapter. We said the first thing when God said, let there be light that brought awareness to the planet because where there is light, there is awareness. Um, When I want light in a room, I want light. When I don't, I want it low. But light brings reflection. It, it shows the dust, the dirts, the dead roaches, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And thus we should know to clean it up, to change. So when we see and receive awareness, we have to. We have to. Be inquisitive. We have to ask. That's the reason we have doctors, because we inquire of them. Doctor, why this pain in my side? Why this pain in my head? What is this this abnormality about? We inquire about that. But sadly enough, when we want to grow, we just we just chalk it up to whatever. I just just am not growing. But we can't do that. We have to inquire. We have to ask questions to see what has hindered. So that's awareness. Then we said, the second, God said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters, divide the waters from the waters. And that was a firmament above and then one beneath. So we said that is an atmosphere. God is working towards something. He is creating an atmosphere, the proper gases and the mixture of gases so that you and me can breathe. And so it's very important that a church... Uh, seek an atmosphere, preserve an atmosphere, be careful of an atmosphere for the moving of the spirit. Because uh, yes, we it, it, a lot of it is up to us, but the greater part is up to the Lord. And it said, "If the Lord, except the Lord, build the house, they that labor labor in vain." Right. Uh, so we're going to labor. Except the Lord keep the city, they that watch. Watch in vain. So we're going to watch, and we're going to labor, but it is up to the Lord to build the house ultimately and to keep the city. So that is an atmosphere. Atmospheres. Uh, uh, a lot of times, we have to be careful in in our in our Pentecostal settings that we uh, we are very soulful people. A lot of times, and the soul is a powerful thing. Uh, that's that's the reason you can go to a a a gospel singing event, and, um, and those singers may not have prayed five minutes in a week, but they can get up there and because of their soul power, they can sing a song and make you want to leap or make you want to cry or whatever because the power of the soul, okay? So we can become exercised in our soul and not in the spirit. When we're in the spirit, the soul will be activated also. But we must have the spirit fundamentally, foundationally, and the soul. Sing with all of our might. That's the soul. And so we want that atmosphere to be created properly. Then we said, God said, let the waters under the heaven be gathered together. And let the dry land appear. And it was so. There is an abode. God is creating a place for that one that he is expecting to come to have a place to live. Then we said, That uh, next is God said, Let there be lights in the firmament of the heaven to divide the day from the night. Let them be for signs, seasons, days, and years. There is an alignment that has to happen. First of all, God has already said, Let there be light. So there's light. But now he fine-tunes that light, and he said there's going to be a greater light for the day, a lesser light for the night. So this is going to do signs and seasons so that man can exist and things will work properly so crops can ultimately uh, be grown. And so we have to have seasons. We have to uh, discern and learn the seasons that, that happen among us many of you that have been here for any length of time, you know that there are seasons, there are cyclical moves and things. God is always present, but the same work is not always being done. However, I will say this, and one of the prophets said that the days come when the plowman will overtake the reaper. That means that the harvest and the planting and the sowing and the the reaping is all coming so fast behind each other. That's in an enhanced place where the Spirit of God is operative in a powerful sense of the word. In other words, people are continually sowing and people are the church is continually reaping in that alignment in those seasons coming together. God sets some general guidelines and rules in Scripture. But I have found in reading that Scripture that that man, God's creation, can change those things. How do we know that? Well, when the man of God said, let the sun stand still, he's interrupting a, a law of the universe and you know that science can go back now to that day and calculate when there's been a little flip and a miss in time, the chronology of years and times and centuries. They can trace it to that. Because a man, God's man, said, let the sun stand still. How about the lady, um, who's, who, the Syrophoenician lady? She comes to Jesus. Jesus' command was, I am only sent to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. This was the Father's command to Jesus Christ. And he said, I don't do anything unless I see my Father do it and hear my Father speak it. But this Syrophoenician lady came up and she was insistent and she didn't leave him alone. And he had to receive a signal from heaven because he said, I don't operate unless my Father operates. Come on. So, obviously, the Heavenly Father, the Eternal Spirit of God, spoke to the man Christ Jesus and said, Give her what she wants. So, you and I can sit back and say, Well, I'm just going to take the cycles as they come. Or we can accelerate that and say, Lord, people are dying, people are lost. People need reconciliation to God. People need this, and I am asking for it, Lord. In the name of Jesus, I demand that Satan leave my city alone, leave my family alone. In fact, in, in John, it may be the 15th chapter where he said, whatever you ask in my name, it means whatever you demand in my name. I'm not demanding it of him. I grew up with that kind of theology. We're going to bombard the gates of heaven. Why are we going to do that? I'm going to bombard heaven until God hears and answers. And it freaked me out because I said, My God, did that guy not read the scripture? God is doing everything in his power to make things happen, he hears our prayers. So I'm not, I'm not trying to get him, to, if anything where the thing is happening is on my end of the line. Come on. But whatever I ask, I, whatever I demand in his name, I demand it of the forces of darkness. I demand it of Satan and his hordes. Leave my people. Leave them now. Then the fifth day, God said let the waters bring forth abundantly the moving creature that hath life and the fowl, fowl that may fly above the earth in the open firmament of heaven. And here we have an administration being set up. All of these creatures, the millions of buffalo that used to roam the plains which ultimately came food and fur and what have you, for early settlers and the indians they had a, they had a they had a purpose for being their hooves what am i trying to say their hooves would 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 uh, aerate the soil it would cultivate the soil as they ran and moved from place to place so these animals are administering the planet they're taking care of things so there is an administration said we have to have Administration, and there's a lot of times that we set administration above atmosphere, but if we'll take God's chronological way of doing things, we'll get where we need to be in the proper fashion. So there has to be administration. When we get up from praying and sobbing and travailing, there has to be administration. Administration is going to prepare things. Uh, it's going to help take care of the ones that we are expecting. Is this okay? Okay. Thank you. And then uh, the sixth uh, day, verse 26, God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fists of the sea, fowl of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. There is, uh, here is aspiration. This is God's aspiration. He is aspiring to put man in dominion over this planet. So, as, as we were, were born, as the church gets these things in order, then we can move into a place of what God aspires to do, which is the man that he puts here, the woman that he puts here, and then he gives them something that is, that is supreme for our growth, and that is found in chapter 1, verse 28. And God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful. This is not a suggestion. It is a command. Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. There is man's mission and once A person is born again, comes into the church, has come into God's aspiration, His highest level of creation. He is expected to do these things. You know, um, treating pain without treating the cause is no good. Advil, Tylenol. But if there is a continuous symptom that is never diagnosed, and in our circles, we love preaching. The Word of God. It was an awesome message, brother. What did I preach? Honey, what did he say? don't have a clue. Man, we had camp meeting. This was second to none this year. I've been going since I was knee-high to a grass. I tell you what, man, we had camp meeting this last week. What was good about it? Man, I don't know. It was just awesome. And that's us. We never carry... God wants us to carry a measuring tool with us, personally and corporately. How do we know that? What, what, did, what did Jesus say? Matthew 7, 19, uh, he said, The tree that does not bear, cut it down and throw it into the fire. Measurement. Measurement. Now, I know this, that if we think that we're, we're doing God's will when, the church, when preachers come in, my God, Brother Grant, get that man back. My God, he blessed my soul. Okay? Does bless my soul mean he made me feel good about myself? Is that the measure? Or did he help us stop lying? Don't shout me down because I'm preaching real good. Did he help me stop You name it, fill in the blank. Was there change effected? Change that is of a permanent nature. You know, that's that's why Pentecost was uh, in the early days was so pungent and powerful is that those that passed through the matrix of Pentecost, their lives were changed. Ain't smoking no more. I lost the desire for that down at the altar. What happened? Pentecost. Come on, the infilling of the Holy Spirit. And sometimes we're more Pentecost than the Bible is. Pentecost, just it, you know, just you can put Pentecost to the side. The name, okay? What happens on the day of Pentecost? It is Christ that comes inside of me. That's our focus. Forget having to act Pentecost. Are you acting Christ? Love, joy, peace, long suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. That's our focus there. That's my measure. There is not how many times I ran around the church. Hallelujah. Amen. So I have to I ha- I have to be aware of these things. And, and and Jesus not only said that, but he said in Luke. 13.6, uh, uh, I see this fig tree, and for three years I've come, and there is no fruit on it. Cut it down. It's using up the ground. That's how Jesus felt about no growth. At John 15.2, the branch not bearing fruit, he takes away. Luke 19, the parable of the talent. Good master, I was afraid because I knew that you were a hard taskmaster and so I took my one talent and buried it in the ground. Was Was he blessed for that? No. He said, Take it and give it to the other guys and cast him out. Now here's the deal. So so I don't know how to get there. Welcome to the club. It's enormous. A lot of members. Come on. How do I grow? How do I correct this? There is an agency called the Holy Spirit that it is said He is our teacher. Come on. And the God that wrote the book said, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God. One time I was exasperated in pastoring, and that's a very easy place to get to. And I was was telling the Lord, oh, Jesus, God. How can I keep up with these people? And all of a sudden, while I was praying, I had a mini vision, M-I-N-I vision, and I saw Jesus, and this crowd of children was around him, and he was bending over, and he was feeding them. He was doing it. And I said, whew. That doesn't mean it takes the load off of leadership. But if I learn how to shift that load, he said, my yoke is, my burden is. So somewhere between us travailing until we kill ourselves, and there have been people that have done that. Sister Teclomerium killed herself because she found no release from the burden you read the story of praying Hyde back in the 1800's in India travailed and when he died his heart had moved in his chest because the stress that he had lived under now thank God for travail, thank God for intercession but between that point and Bishop Jakes, who said, I just drive the bus. I open the door and let them on, and I open the door and let them off. Somewhere between those two extremes, there has to be a medium that I care <laughs> I heard Brother Cole say years ago, Brother Marvin Cole, uh, they'd travail, Sister Cole stayed about that far from a good travail all the time. And Brother Cole would do it too. But I'd hear in conversation, she'd say, Honey, what are we going to do about Sister so? He said, Not a thing. I've turned her over to the Lord. What does that mean? It means i he'd done all he could do, and now the Holy Ghost is going to operate. So somewhere in this mix of these days of creation, this genesis of church growth, we're going to come to a place to where, you know, we move from the place of, my God, I don't have enough strength to brush my teeth, much less to teach a Bible study, much less to go lay tracks on the back of commode and H-E-B. And then I'm not going to come out until I know the coast is clear. Undercover agents. Right? Somewhere in there, there's going to be a mix. And I'm going to say, Father, I need you to strengthen me, to enable me, to fill me with wisdom to do what you're saying you want me to do, what you are commanding me to do. Right? I, I, hope it, I hope it is fairly fairly simple. Um, I mentioned to you before, the pastor, it wasn't very long until I realized, my God, I'm going in circles. I can't do this. always kept 10, 15 books on my nightstand, and I'd try to read a chapter out of two or three of them every night before I went to sleep. What did this guy do to grow his church? What did this guy do? What did these people, what did this congregation do? And, and I got to a place where I, I felt like, man, somebody don't snip that thread above my head because I'll lose my mind, and they'll put me in the state home. I wanted it so bad. I was just shaking and shivering on the inside. Just, I guess it was an edge of a nervous breakdown. Come on, I got to have this. I got to have this. I got to have this. How do I do this? How do I do this? How do I do this? And if somebody said, you know, uh, we served coffee with goat milk and our church grew. Well, guess what? Order some goat milk. And we served goat milk, not literally. And the church did grow. We was looking. We was looking down the street. We was doing it. Whatever somebody said. I, I, I told you about a, a man that we taught, he and his wife, a Bible study. She received the Holy Ghost and baptized. He may have been baptized, Greg. And I don't know. Anyway, they, their job moved them to California. And as it turned out, they moved into the apartment complex next door to the Apostolic Church there in in Bernard, San Bernardino. And so the guys of the church, the men of the church, would play basketball as an outreach. And they'd hey, guys, y'all come on over. So he came over, short order. He was baptized filled with the Spirit. And. He just had a gift for winning souls. The first year he was in the church, he won 100 people to the Lord, 100. <laughs> the pastor said, dude, I want you on staff. So he quit his job and went to work for the church. And so what they did was, you know, some of you all remember, Search for Truth, the Bible study, Search for Truth. Well, Search for Truth put their Bible study on on slides. And so every like Tuesday night, they would go out into the apartment complexes and invite people, come, come, we're having a Bible study the church, is free, it's free, there's no strings attached, come to the Bible study and they taught search for truth on slides and every week, out of his own mouth, in my ear, 10, 12 people were coming to the Lord. Well, I believe that the word is universal, the word is powerful, so we are going to get search for truth on slides. And we put out the bulletins all, all over the churches, all over the area, out in the woods. We went to people's houses and put it out. And we set up and we waited. You guessed it, nobody showed. So there, there, there is a mix for peace tabernacle. There is a recipe. Come on. Please don't let me wear you out with this illustration and everything. But, you know, grease, salt, pepper, and sugar, four mains for me. Okay. good. That's it. Man, yeah, a little salt. A whole lot more pepper. You put any grease in it. Yeah. Good. Sugar. But then wiki comes through the kitchen. She's got a little wand. She passes over the pot that I have just looked at and said, I can eat it. The gorilla side of me, you know what I'm saying? I can can eat this. She comes and begins to dust things into that pot. Oh, the dustings. Times it's oregano. It She puts these leaves in our food. Dried leaves. And I say, Honey, you been cooking under the oak tree again? Bay leaves. I said, Baby, this don't do nothing to this pot. Oh yes it does. Pixie dust. And when she gets through with it, what in the world? This is not just Greek, salt, pepper, and sugar. What else is this? Oh, just a few extra things. And the Holy Ghost can take you. You may be thinking, man, I don't know nothing else. Just preach the word. Shout, sing loud. And they ain't coming. I'm looking. They ain't here. <laughs> I've been inviting people. They ain't come. You may need to comb your hair. You may need some of this. Amen. <clears throat> as I told you last week, awareness. This right here is only, what, an inch and a half from my major olfactory organ. And there can be something distasteful coming out that I can't sense that's right here. And Wiki across the room says, Honey, what do you mean? I didn't pick nothing up. Well, she said, Just believe me and do as I say. So after I preached good and hard and sang loud and shouted and everything, the Lord may want to send a pixie among you to dust some things and give you a recipe that will mix with this community and mix in your neighborhood. And I can guarantee you this, that if He gives it to you, when He gives it to you, that it will be doable, it will be sustainable, And it will work, I guarantee it. Come on. Amen. But how do I know that? Because he would not tell us to grow, subdue, have dominion, and not give us a plan. He would be unjust, unfair, and unkind, right? So he is going to give me a plan He's going to teach me how to do it. He's going to be patient and loving with me, and we're going to get there. And this place is going to thump on Sundays and Mondays and Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, Fridays, and Saturdays. Come on. This place is going to thump. Hallelujah continual prayer, weekends of worship around the clock, people banging on the door, something came. I saw a light over this building. What is going on? I was drawn to this place. I I just, I don't know. I need God. Can you help me? Why, certainly come in here. Let's do this thing. People receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost 24-7. I've been a part of that. I've seen that happen. I know that it can happen, and God is no respecter of persons because he loves peace tabernacle. Hallelujah. I, one of my mentors, it, it, there were 1,600 people baptized in four years, but there was continual fasting, prayer, and preaching of the word. Constant, 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 constant outreach. One lady who was a school teacher and her assistant went out and knocked six hundred doors after school. In the evenings they knocked six hundred doors. People were coming in. There were people that got saved and would fly to LA and to New York and to Houston too to witness to their family. And then when they came back, their families were in the fold. They were in the bride of Christ. Come on. That force was emanating. That force was happening. Well, by now, I guess you've had a sugar crash, and so I'm going to let you go a little early so you get you some water and kind of flush the system a little bit, you know, and get ready for the next little session. I didn't have any donuts, so I don't have a sugar crash. I'm alive and well forevermore. Praise God. I'm Craig Ashcroft. I approve of this message. You are dismissed in Jesus' name.